0: one story about How's by redeeming of people in Christ. It's a story, and stories have characters. They have people. That means the Bible is not an owner's manual for a machine. It's a true story about people of flesh and blood, souls and hearts. Have you ever heard the acronym for the Bible, B-I-B-L-E? Basic instructions before leaving Earth. Have you ever heard that? No, it's good. People always used to say that. Well, it's kind of good. There's a bit of truth to it. The Bible does have instruction. It does teach us. It does have actually eternal consequences for disobeying. But the Bible is not, at its core, just an instruction manual. It's not first and foremost a list of steps or do's and don'ts. It's first and foremost. Telling the story of what God has done. Of what he's done for his glory. What he's done for his people who he made in his image. Who have lives, who have hearts, who feel pain and sadness and joy and pleasure. is a story about God powerfully creating everything. Creating people. It's about those people rejecting God and plunging themselves into misery. And it's about God dealing with that problem and that rebellion. By being just. And punishing the wicked. And being merciful. And saving some of those rebels who deserve justice. But giving them mercy instead. And how does he do that? <coughs> how does he redeem rebel sinners? Through the just and merciful act. Of sacrificing his own son and raising him from the dead. So that all who repent and trust in him. Will be raised to life with him. The question for tonight is. What kind of life? What kind of life are Christians saved from? What kind of life are Christians saved to? What purpose (coughs) are Christians saved for? Well, to answer those questions, God doesn't just give us an instruction manual for a machine. He gives us poetry to show us true humanity. He's done more than just report facts, like a newspaper reporter. He's done more than just give us rules like a principal at a school might do. In the story of Scripture, we get this break of poetry. The Psalms are part of the wisdom literature. Uh, Psalms, Job, Proverbs, Song of Songs, Ecclesiastes. These aren't part of the story as much as they're a break from the story. And someone in the story writing these things down for our good. Here's a question. I'd like to hear it from a couple of you, at least. I know people are opinionated about this. Who is your favorite musician? And why is that person your favorite musician?
1: Jonah?
2: Definitely not Pearl Jam.
1: Does anybody
0: else have a... F- a-, a- one or two favorites. George. Um,
2: my favorite musician is probably. Uh, oh, I can't remember his name, but he like sort of invented. Beethoven. Skating Scat. Scat. Me and Okay. Armstrong. Um, I have two. Um, I like. Um, actually three. Um. The Creator, Bruno Mars, and, and for King and Country.
0: Okay, Tyler the Creator, Bruno Mars, for King and Country. Why do you like that? Um, I don't know. <laughs>
2: what? You <laughs> said Christian specifically?
0: No. Nope. Any. My favorite band is Pearl Jam. Like Jonas said, <laughs> I love
2: them. Um, Bruno Mars. I. Um, um, my family has always liked him. We kind of grew up listening to him, pretty much. I know almost all of his songs. He's just great, and like he's like a like I said, I just grew up listening to Bruno Mars. Yeah,
0: and then Oh. Oh. Just just that one. That was good. Okay. See. Right.
1: Sounds really bland because it's like a really basic musician to some people. Um, it,
0: Mozart. Mozart. No. Why I Mozart? Like Mozart? I don't know. What? It's, it's, classical music? I know, but like
1: it sounds like a basic answer. I don't know, but like when I was little, I really liked listening to classical music, and I would—I even went to Mozart's home once, like the Very wow. really
0: cool. It was really we saw first cool.
2: one.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. I just—I really like listening to classical music. And, yeah. So. What?
2: Um that knows me, knows my favorite
1: singer, is Morgan Wallen.
2: Yeah. Um, so <laughs> just have
1: a look at my Facebook.
0: <laughs> Why do you um, hate um, Morgan
1: <laughs> Um, Because
2: I know a lot of his music, and I'm a huge country music fan, and he's kind of like coming up on the charts and stuff, and I don't know, a lot of his songs I can kind of, sort of, understand. um But I just, I don't know, I like the music he puts out.
0: Yeah. Uh, We like music that connects with us, especially that connects with our hearts, that we resonate with. So God is doing that very thing in giving us poetry or songs in the Psalms. They're written by men, so they're very human, but they're all inspired by God. What God's kind of doing in the Psalms is cracking open people's chests to show us what the human heart looks like what it should look like, what it feels, what it thinks, what it wants. The psalms, then, are a huge help to us in learning our own hearts, which are really, really complicated. Why do we know we should do one thing, but we want to do a second thing, but we end up doing a third thing? Why do we know that we should do our homework, but we really want to get better at music or drawing, But we end up just watching YouTube. Our hearts are really complicated. Can anyone give me an example of something that you know you should do, but never end up getting around to do? Okay, my homework, home, John. Organizing my room. Organizing your room. Mentally, you know these are things you should be doing. But you end up not doing it. Foggy. Writing my book. Writing your book. Yeah. Something you even want to do. No one's forcing you to do that. You want to do it. You never get around to it. Jen.
1: Last week, I took an art piece home, and I was like, I will finish the sketch over the weekend. You'll never guess what happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, wrong. Animating. Like There's a lot of things that I just, am like, I really want to learn this. And I want to become really good at it. but. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, actually, Hannah. Um, I forgot. Oh wait, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 about. no, no, no. Um, um. Oh, okay. Turning my homework in, like I do it, but I never turn it in, ever. Okay. And also doing my A. L. A. stuff, I never turn it in. <laughs> yeah,
0: mentally you should. You never get around to doing it, Kaylee.
2: Um, so I have like this paint-by-number thing that I've had since Christmas of 2021,
0: and I'm not even halfway through with it. So, family.
2: yeah. <laughs> what are we doing on? Two and a half years? Just about. i do it. George? Okay.
0: You know you need to work out? <laughs> <laughs> you just don't do it. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Nathaniel? <laughs> um, piano. Yeah? Uh... I know you started that. Does your momentum just kind of tend to well? I don't I I mean, do anything like me.
2: For just about any instrument I've ever played, it's just
0: been off and on for years. Yeah. I can play. It, I just I'll find the time too, and I'll just sit down at it, and then immediately get distracted with something else. I've come so far as to like go sleep on the piano. Wow. <laughs> A lot of these things are things that you're choosing to do. So, rationally, you would say, you want to do this. Why are we doing it? Well, the Psalms help us shed light on our complicated, sinful, and passionate hearts. Hearts that were made to love God. Hearts made to be righteous. But hearts that are drawn to sin. Hearts that are afflicted by enemies and tragedies. The Psalms will see show us three things, at least. The Psalms show us David's heart, show us Jesus' heart, and help show us our hearts. The Psalms show us David's heart, Jesus' heart, and our hearts. So let's first look at how the Psalms reveal David's heart. If anyone remembers what we did last, Tau taught last time, but before that, we were in our series as we're going through the Old Testament. We were in First and Second Samuel, and who did we learn about? Dawid. David. Ben- yeah. <laughs> David. Who was who was he? Who was David? George. He
2: was the king of Jerusalem.
0: Yeah, he was the king in Israel. He was. Any anything else? Um,
1: I was just gonna say he was one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as good as you can. To be yeah, as good as you can. He a was
0: a king after yeah. God. He was a man after God's heart. He was a good king. He was sinful. Uh, But as we see in some of the Psalms, he was repentant. He loved the Lord. He praised the Lord. Because of David's faithfulness and because of God's grace, God promised to bring about Jesus from his descendants. That was one of the major things we saw last time. Right now, we're pausing and looking at some of the things David wrote. David wrote almost half of the Psalms. Of the 150 psalms, David wrote almost half of them. So through David, God blesses the church by giving the church Christ. Through David, God blessed Israel by delivering them from his surrounding enemies. So think about who is writing a majority of the psalms. This warrior king, David. He delivered Israel, not through being really wise and making a bunch of peace treaties, but with a sword. Cut off Goliath's head. He killed thousands of people himself in his lifetime. So when we look at the poetry that he wrote, keep that in mind. This isn't kind of a weak, mandy-pandy guy who really would prefer to be at a desk writing poetry. This is a blood-soaked king writing these songs. So especially this half of the room. Guys, if you think poetry isn't for you, If you think thinking about the heart and expressing the heart is something girly, then think again. God created both man and woman to relate to him with their whole selves. And that's a large part of what it means to be made in the image of God, to be made in relationship with God. And in the Bible, the center of man is the heart. The mind, the will, the feelings, the emotions, thoughts, desires, are all described and summarized as the heart. Our hearts, according to the Bible, define and direct us. So that means, according to the Bible, not caring, thinking you're too cool to care about anything at all, is pretty foolish. And it's no substitute for caring about the right things. The Psalms show us what David cared about. They show us David's heart. So the Psalms let us see with full honesty who he was. David lets us see and know him better than we can see and know ourselves sometimes. What we're reading is divinely inspired poetry that reveals him and his heart. So there's honesty in it and accuracy in the Psalms. Let's everyone open your Bibles to Psalm 31. Go around the room, starting with Daniel, and most of you ought to have these broken up into kind paragraphs per chance. So Daniel, you're going to read verses 1 and 2. Jonah, you're going to read 3, 4, and 5. Nathaniel, 6, 7, 8. Caden, 9, 10. Scott, 11, 12, 13. Augie, 14, 15, 16,
2: 17,
0: 18. I'll let you get there so you can see exactly where you're going. Which side? 31. 14 through 18. Okay. 19, 20, George. Are you there? We're almost there. Almost there. Lily, you'll help him. Make sure he knows 19 and 20. 20. Janae, you'll read 21 through 22. And Kaylee will finish this up. Okay? Everyone know what they're reading? Yeah. Okay. Daniel, go. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me. A strong fortress to save me. Sorry,
1: I wasn't joking. Three, four, five. Three,
0: four, five. You are Dead past love, because you have seen my affliction, and you know and you have known the distress of my soul, and you have not delivered me into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a broad place.
2: Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and body also, for my life is spent with sorrow, and my years with sign. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones because of all
0: my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the streets flee from me.
2: I have forgotten like one who, I have been forgotten like one who is dead.
0: I have become like a broken vessel.
2: For I hear the whispering of many terror on every side. Of many terror on every side, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God.
0: Can
2: you read Yeah. My, my times are in your hands. Rescue me from your from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. Make your face shine on your servants. Save me in your steadfast love. O Lord, let me not be put to shame, for I call upon you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them go silently to shield. Let the, the, let the lying lips be mute which speaks insolently against the righteous in pride and contempt. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, is, which you have stored up for those who fear you, and work for those who take refuge in you, in the sight of the children of mankind. In the cover of your presence you hit, hit high <coughs> for the plots of men, and you store them in your shelter from the strife of tongues.
1: Blessed be the Lord, for he has made marvelous his loving kindness to me in a besieged city. As for me, I said in my alarm, I am cut off from before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications when I cried to you. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful,
2: but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. Be strong, and let your heart take
1: courage, all who wait for the Lord.
0: What are two or three truths that David expresses in this song? Some true <coughs> facts, true statements he expresses <coughs> in this song. 3, it says, you are my my Okay. Mm-hmm. Wh- who is? Yeah. Huh? Uh, Goddess. Kaylee.
2: Um, in verse 21, it talks about him wondrously showing his steadfast love to us.
0: Yes. A third? Janae. Uh,
1: 23. The Lord preserves the faithful and fully and the Lord.
0: Yes. How about emotions? What are some of the emotions that David's expressing? Either explicitly, with a word, or the tone of some of his requests. Kaylee?
2: Verse 9, it's
1: talking
0: about grief. His eye is wasted from grief. His <coughs> eye is wasted on grief. Jan? Um,
1: 12 and 13, he calls himself forgotten as a dead man, a broken vessel. Um, he says, for I have heard the slander of many terrors on every side. Yeah. So, yeah. George? In, in verse 10, it says, for my life is
2: spent with sorrow.
0: He's spent with sorrow, full of grief, afflicted from every side. Okay that he hates people who um, indulge in idols. Yeah. He hates idol worshippers. Do you have your hand up? No. verse 19 says, oh, how abundant is your goodness. So Yeah. Which you would characterize as what? What kind of emotion? Uh, Sadness, sorrow.
2: Amazement.
0: Amazement. Gratitude. Do you ever feel flat or numb or dull? <coughs> I know I certainly do. You know, sometimes it's because I'm distracted with technology or other things. Sometimes it's because I'm just bored. Sometimes it's because I'm sad or exhausted. Sometimes I don't know why. I just feel numb. But David, knowing his heart, helps to stir up our hearts. We read these and say, I want to feel the way he's feeling. I want to verbalize and express myself the way he's talking. So if you feel numb or tongue-tied ever, spend time in the Psalms. Spend time daily in the Psalms. So the Psalms reveal David's heart. Next, we're going to see the Psalms reveal Christ's heart. The Psalms reveal Jesus' heart. Just like they reveal David's heart, they reveal the heart of the one that David's pointing us to. The one who David is at Typho, christ this is the one who the whole bible points us to the psalms are about jesus the psalms are about jesus even though they were written hundreds of years before jesus walked the earth they are all about him. jesus himself says that the psalms are about him that's why we know we're not reading we're not making this up and reading jesus into the psalms jesus himself says it in luke 24 he says, Jesus is on the road to Emmaus with two disciples, and he says to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, and the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. I think that's actually after the Emmaus road. It's the next time he's with the disciples. But he's teaching his disciples, and he says, Everything written about me in the law of Moses, and the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So That means... There's things written about him in the Psalms. In Matthew 22, 41-44, Jesus actually takes a psalm and applies it directly to himself. Matthew 22, 41. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. And he said to them, How is it then said that David, in the Spirit, calls him Lord? Saying, and they quote Psalm 110-1. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Christ is saying that psalm was written about him, who is David's Lord. So when we read the psalms, we, just like Jesus saw himself in them, want to also see Jesus in them. Let's look at another psalm together. Go to Psalm 16. This is a psalm worth memorizing. Psalm 16. A mictam of David. Just a tip, as you're reading, most of us at ESVs. You see the italics bold, you will not abandon my soul? That is not scripture. That's a heading that the editors have put in. Mm-hmm. The all capitals under it, a mictam of David, that is scripture. <coughs> Just a kind of important little note. Semi-important little note. Anyway, Psalm 16, a mictam of David. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are excellent, the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out, or take their names on my lips. (coughs) The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to shield or let your holy ones see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Where do you see Jesus in this song? George? Um
2: on um in I forgot I forgot. Does anybody see Jesus in this song? Will. Verse
0: 5:
1: Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup.
0: Who who? Where is Jesus there? Okay, never mind.
1: <laughs> Actually, okay, it's because I
2: think of like cup, and I think of like the Last Supper, and He's even telling them, "Take this in remembrance of Me." And mm-hmm. He also takes a about the Corinthians, and so that's why it's like,
1: "Lord, You alone
2: are my portion and my cup."
0: Yeah, I think that's true. The Lord God was Jesus's portion. <coughs> that's who he chose Janae. Um. Uh, so first.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm looking a lot at the second half because it says your Holy One mm-hmm. and that is capitalized. And when something like this is capitalized it usually pertains to God. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that pertains to Jesus. Um, and then when it says for you will not abandon my soul to shield that could be talking about Jesus' death maybe. or it could be pointing to death and resurrection, so that he would not abandon our souls to
0: shield. It would be worth attending church for the next couple of Sundays, making sure you're there, unless you're on a trip out of the country. (coughs) Uh, We'll be going through Peter's sermon at Pentecost. Peter quotes this psalm, and says it couldn't have been about David, Because David's bones, he's speaking in Jerusalem, because David's bones are right over there. So this psalm can't be talking about him. It has to be talking about Jesus, whose body was not left in the ground. It didn't decay, see corruption. It was raised after three days. So Peter himself says this about this psalm. Yes?
1: What are the other two psalms that Peter references in Acts 1?
0: Were you... Those yeah. Last to Psalm 69 and 102, I think.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, because those, those were also psalms that talked about Jesus.
0: They talk about Jesus and his situation.
1: Yeah.
0: So, in all three of those, what Peter's doing is Peter's applying the psalms to the life of Jesus. And he's teaching us to do the same thing. We want to read the Bibles the way that the apostles taught us to. Do you have a question, George? Uh,
2: no, but I, I, found, I think I found a place where it sort where it was Jesus. Where's that? Um, it's um, verse 11. Ah, yeah. You make known to me the path of life. Mm-hmm. Like when Jesus died, he showed us the path of life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. To life absolutely and so another question if this is Jesus if Jesus could speak this psalm about himself he's singing this song and he says you my God will not abandon my soul to shield what are some other things he says that tell us about his attitude towards God and his attitude towards his people Jonah His heart is glad; his whole being rejoices. Anything else, George?
2: Um. It, uh, in verse two, it says, "I say to the Lord, You are my Lord; I have no good apart from You."
0: Yeah, he treasures, he values God as his greatest and really only good. Janae. Uh, verse
1: seven. I'll bless the Lord who has counseled me.
0: Yeah, he gives his counsel. How about his people? How does Jesus feel towards his people?
1: Uh, Verse 3 he delights,
0: all of his delight is in the saints of the land. The Psalms are telling us about Jesus, who he is, how he thinks about his Father, how he thinks about his people. This Psalm's teaching us that Jesus loves the Father, he desires God's glory, he loves the saints. How has Jesus' love been shown for the saints? By suffering for them. Mm -hmm. Countless psalms are about suffering. We read two tonight that include uh, a a great deal of suffering. We're talking about grief, tears filling his eyes, sorrow unto sorrow. They're about suffering under affliction from evil men, even affliction sometimes it seems like from God himself. God shows his love for us in sending his son to suffer in the place of guilty sinners. Sinners like you. Sinners like me. And the Psalms open up Christ's heart to give us a taste of that horrible suffering that he endured. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22. Your arrows have sunk into me and your hand has come down on me. what about God in Psalm 38. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? That's a psalm Jesus takes on himself and can say those very same words. Christ endured a lifetime of suffering and sorrow, culminating in bearing the full weight of God's wrath against sin on the cross. Jesus suffered out of love. He suffered for his people. Greater love knows no man than this, Jesus says, than to lay down one's life for his brother. Do you fear suffering? Do you get nervous about going to the dentist? It's good and natural to avoid pain and suffering, to dislike it. Do you fear God's wrath? Does your conscience torment you sometimes? Are you overcome with guilt, ever? We fear suffering and we want to avoid it, but we know ultimately that we deserve it. Jesus truly God, but also being truly and fully man, feared suffering. He was tempted to avoid it. And he didn't deserve any of it. But in love, he took on human flesh and endured suffering that he didn't deserve. And he shows us his love, not only in his actions, but also in the Psalms. He opens his heart to us. If you want to get a better understanding of the depths of Christ's love for his people, you want to get a better understanding of the depth of Christ's suffering and sacrifice, read the Psalms. Read the Psalms and run to the one who can deliver you from your fears and deliver you from eternal suffering. Because Jesus went willingly to the cross, we can be delivered from God's wrath. And so the third way the Psalms help us is that they reveal our hearts. The Psalms reveal David's heart, Christ's heart, and the Psalms reveal our hearts. They're for us. They describe the one who can save you. They describe the one who became like you to save you. They describe the heart of Jesus who took on a heart like ours. He didn't have a heart like ours. He took on a heart like ours, with emotions, in order to save sinful hearts like ours and in order to shape hearts to be like His. The Psalms teach us about our hearts and our lives. They teach us to respond to suffering in the same way that Jesus did. So even though Jesus took our eternal suffering, the Bible's clear, earthly suffering will continue. The Bible promises that each and every one of you here will suffer. And especially if you desire to live a godly life, you will suffer more, God promises you. But we see two things in the Psalms. One, that God can redeem your suffering and actually use it for good. And two, how we should respond to suffering. First, think about it for a second. <coughs> if God brought good out of Jesus' suffering, he can bring good out of your suffering as well. And I actually, just as an aside, an apologetic aside, if God doesn't exist, then your suffering is not meaningful at all. It doesn't mean a thing. Actually, if, you're, if God doesn't exist, there's no such thing as suffering. It's just molecules reacting in a certain way. So your suffering, apart from God and his existence, would be meaningless. We all know that's not true. We all know that's not true when we're in the midst of suffering. We know that it's very real. And we know that it's purposeful. How do we know that? Well, God's made us in His image. But God's Word tells us that it's meaningful and that He has purpose behind it. So if God brought good out of Jesus' suffering, He can bring good out of our suffering too. And second, the psalm teaches how to respond to suffering. And we want to respond to suffering the way David did, and therefore the way Jesus did. Briefly looking at Psalm 54, uh, o God, save me by your name and vindicate me by your might. O God, hear my prayer, give ears to the words of my mouth. For strangers have risen against me. Ruthless men seek my life. Skipping to verse 4. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. Skipping to verse 6. With a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. How does Jesus and the psalmist respond to suffering? They don't deny They're not stoics who pretend like they're not suffering. They acknowledge it. They don't complain about it. Instead, they give thanks and praise to God through it. They trust in God and give praise to Him through their suffering. So the Psalms teach us how to respond rightly to suffering. The Psalms explore the lowest of the low, explain the highest of the highs. The last five Psalms are just Psalms of praise. There are songs of singing, worshipful praise to God, rejoicing in God. The whole range of human emotion are in the psalms. It's showing us that the Bible is not a user's manual for a machine, but it's poetry from God that helps us understand our fleshly, sinful sometimes, human hearts. The psalms help us see what faithful reactions to sufferings look like The psalms teach us how to repent from sin. They teach us how to pray. If you remember, a few weeks ago, we prayed through a psalm. The psalms help us to see Christ. The psalms help us to see what it means to praise God, what that looks like. The psalms help us to see who God wants you to be, what He wants your heart to be like, how He wants you to love, what He wants you to want. We were made to love God with our whole hearts. We're called to love God with our whole selves. And God, by His Spirit, helps Christians to live that way. And it teaches Christians what it looks like, not through mystical experience, not through waiting for some kind of emotional movement or waiting for a still, small voice, but through the poetry of the Psalms. So before we split up, before we end in prayer, I'd like to think of Two or three ways together that you could incorporate the psalms into your day. What are two or three ideas, ways that you could incorporate the psalms into your day? Jonah. Read one in the morning and pray through it. Read one in the morning and pray through it. Every morning, you wake up. The first thing you could do is be in the Bible, reading a psalm, setting your heart aright, directing it in the right way. As soon as we wake up, our hearts go haywire. Every direction. That would be a great idea. Janae? can
1: you memorize one that you like.
0: Memorize a psalm that you like. Psalm 16 would be a great place to start. Psalm 1. Psalm 2. Any psalm that you like. That's a great idea. So first thing in the morning, committing one to memory, which would <coughs> daily work. Jay? Love
1: going through it with someone, like in discipleship or just with someone in your
0: household, or with someone? Yeah, read through it with someone. Talk about, it, pray through it together, like we did the other week. Any questions about the psalms before we pray, and then split up, George? Um,
2: if I'm like in a sticky situation with a, like I don't know, someone who's like lying or something, mm-hmm. can I look to the psalms?
0: That sounds like a setup question because the answer is absolutely yes. <laughs> <laughs> so many of the psalms, some of the psalms we read tonight are about people being unjustly afflicted or persecuted or sinned against because that happened to Jesus all the time Uh, and so yes, we can go to the psalms and read about David other psalmists uh, and Jesus who had people lie about them, lie to them and do much worse things and see how they responded did you have another question? yeah, um, What I
2: was What psalm
0: Which psalm specifically? Yeah,
2: what psalm could I go
0: to? Yeah, we read Psalm 54 That's one That you could go to For instance, in verse 3 it says For strangers have risen against me Ruthless men seek my life I don't know if the person who's lying to or about you Is seeking your life Probably not But the psalmist can commiserate John Psalm twelve. Well, that would be a good one you're saying for George.
2: Mm.
0: Did you write that down, George? Uh, (laughs) Mm. So specifically why? There you go. Any other questions? Well, let's pray. Father God, we praise you. We praise you in the sanctuary. We praise you in the mighty heavens. We praise you for your mighty deeds. We praise you according to your excellent greatness. (coughs) We praise you with our whole hearts. Lord, help us to offer more wholehearted praise, more true and honest worship. Help set our wills and our hearts and our desires and our thoughts aright. Help us through your word. Help us through your songs. Help us through your songs. That's in His name we pray. Amen.